And now, Touch My Bass Productions presents The Shootout with Bill Lynch. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wrestling Shootout. I am your host, Survivor of Pain, Bill Blanchard. And tonight, I'm watering back on the show. He's been a lot, he's been a lot on this show. He's my good friend and business partner, you know, and we had a guy on the show, um, the Yellow the yellow Rose Coward Fury. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Fury was on the show and had a lot of bad things interesting to say about this man and he called me up and says he won opportunity to rebuttal and but we're not going to just you know harp on that no we're, we're going to talk about no because there's a lot of history a lot of real intense heat between these guys and i'm hoping to one day get these guys back in the ring so they can sell their differences once and for all but but, but tonight we're going to talk about his rivalries his career you know some stories that people just don't quite know about it and we get brought up today Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome a good buddy of mine. He's back on the show again, Christopher Dwayne Dickens, the fighter to the end. Welcome back, boss. Oh, uh, well, yeah, I wasn't on the uh, episode you did with Fury because you were on the way to Florida, so I wasn't necessarily there when you actually got that podcast. You sent it to me. No, you wasn't there. And I actually I got to listen there. to it, uh-huh. and I-, I heard everything that Mr. Fury said, and I was like, well... I think it's time that I come back on the program, uh, put myself back in the hot seat, and let's start answering some uh, serious questions. So I'm going to turn it over to you now and let you do your thing, and then I'm going to do mine. Well, but, you know, before, and we're going to get to there, I, I know you're just dying to let some stuff out, dying to let some stuff off your I've chest. I've got my gun loaded, and I'm ready to shoot. Well, hey, well, then the hell with it. Let's <laughs> just jump right into it, though. You know, Christian Fury said on the show several several times that you know he resented the fact that when, when he first came back from the army after this situation happened annihilation that you created the 187 championship just to appease his ego and he always had a sour taste about that you know and then he, he made a lot of remarks but the fact that if you want to put the point of blame on him why he lost your you know passion for wrestling that just means you weren't passionate about it to begin with <laughs> and you can just go to hell I was really upset with him for saying that and corrected him on that, dude. But let's jump right into that. Dude. Yeah, I mean, what, what were your thoughts on his let's podcast? Let's jump into it. Okay, well, let's let's start on the 187 championship bit. Okay, this is back in, what, 2002? Yes. Hey, this is shortly after uh, FCW shut down. Mm, that's some good beer. And we brought back AWF. We knew he was leaving. We wanted to give him a send-off, but we wanted to give him a special send-off. In a way that's never been done. So I broke his neck. <laughs> and it's something that, you know, still stands the test of time as everybody believed that I broke his friggin' neck. So creating the 187 championship, I I did make that statement that it was to appease his ego. But in a sense, it wasn't to appease his ego. I, I was actually kind of pissed off at one point. He said he did something. And I made that statement. But the the creation of the 187 Championship was to keep a storyline carrying about the curse of 187 that he so laid down at the end of Annihilation. You remember that little oh, yeah, saying at the yeah. end? When the numbers 187 come, come together, together, I'll come back and destroy you. Yeah. yeah I remember. So the creation of the 187 Championship, me winning the 187 title, was to symbolize that curse. Which is why every time I ended up with the belt, I didn't want it. I would lose it. And I would win it. And I would lose it, and I would win it. And each time I won it, 
It wasn't by my own means. It was a fluke. It was either somebody uh, won it, and then somebody come out there, knocked them out, and then threw me on top, or I lost it, and then uh, they, someone would come out and knock us both unconscious. I just happened to fall on top of them, one, two, three, and I'd win again. And it just well, carried on. He kept trying to say that, you know, you were supposed to be the heavyweight champion. You know, you're supposed to hold that title and then he's going to get the world title back. And then the very next show, after that song called him putting you over and you getting one of the biggest pushes, the very next show, you immediately dropped it to Brandon Barker. Now, he won a record until I say if Ego was trying to get amused with Parker because Parker wanted the championship. Okay. And Parker was your protege. You were trying to you push him. You will only hear me say this one time. Remember the first episode? Yes. You asked me. What was the thing that everybody said? Oh my God, that boy's stupid. I said putting over Brandon Parker. That's right. I said it as a joke. This is the only time you'll hear me say this, Brandon Parker. I know you're coming on this show. I know you're going to be talking. Do not let this blow up your brain. Don't lie. Do not let your head inflate on this. <laughs> but at the time, and even to this day, when it comes down to talent, when it comes down to giving the push. Who's got the most charisma? Who can carry a company on their back to and from between Brandon Parker and Fury? I'll put the belt on Brandon Parker each and every time. Because Brandon Parker has the charisma. Brandon Parker has the in-ring ability. And Brandon Parker has that talent in the ring to make people love him or hate him. I know this because I witnessed it personally. Me and me and Mr. Fury have a connection in the ring. Me and Mr. Parker have a connection in the ring. But when it comes down to it, more people would rather see Chris Dickens versus Draven yes. than Chris Dickens versus Fury. We have him as send-off. But to keep the storyline carrying, we put the belt on Parker so the heavyweight title would move further on and have its own thing and keep the 187 curse in its own story arc. Well, see, that's what, you know, Fury was trying to say, that, yeah, you wanted to push Parker, so to, to help. Of course I wanted to, to push help, Parker. To help, to help, so Jay wouldn't, okay. so Jay wouldn't be butthurt about okay, it. Okay, so, so. You created a fake title, which did, did nothing after Never created a fake championship to appease him. We changed the name in 2002 from AWF to EWWA, which was then shortened to EWA. Because he got pissed about because it. Because he got pissed about it, and he just shortened it. But the thing was, is that we moved away from that. We crowned a new champion in EWA. We put the belt on James Houston. Okay? Before that, we put the belt on Crash, which is Richard Cunningham. Yes. We never put the belt on Brandon Parker in EWA. He stayed in the 187 storyline arc. When AWF shut out, he was the last AWF champion. He faced you for that belt. And you gave him the... Uh, and you guys went at it. And you felt like... Moving forward, he would be the best person as well. I agree. So, that was that. We never created the 187 championship to appease Mr. Fury because Mr. Fury was in the military. When he would come back, he would be a one-time, and then he was off again, and then he'd come back, and then he would be off again. In the pro, in the world of professional wrestling, and, and this is knocking WWE as well, putting a belt on Brock Lesnar, have him go away and come back every four months to defend the belt. I feel like the world championship or whatever, the championship of your promotion should be defended each and every time you have a big event. Well, I mean, Chris, you know, everyone's got opinions on that. If I can comment on that, where I can, I can sort of somewhat see at first I was kind of upset about it, but like, like back in the day, if you're the world champion, 
the one to try to like a special attraction. You know, people are gonna pay money to find the chamber to defend his see, belt. I agree with that, but it's, I agree with the whole prize fighter thing. You know, you have your biggest, top, toughest guy come in when it's a big money draw, but you build up to it. But in in the world of independence. And what we were doing was you know, everybody considers backyard or renegade or whatever you want to call it back then. We were doing shows to where we were trying to attract people each and every time. We wanted our champion there. We wanted him to come out. We wanted him to trash talk. We wanted him to have that rivalry with whoever he was going up against that month or or in a couple of months. We wanted him to be there because we wanted to showcase our champions of fighting champion. We wanted to showcase that AWF or EWA or whatever it was. Our champions are there to put down and and make everybody else shut up. So, and, and like I said, the 187 title was not created to appease Mr. Fury's ego. It was created to keep the storyline carrying so that when he did come back, it made perfect sense. The curse was laid upon Chris Dickens. He could not walk away from it. And then all of a sudden, when the time came, code 187, he would make his reemergence and get his vengeance on me. Makes sense to me. So, well, I mean, let me ask you this question. Now, you know, when I first, one of the first few questions that I asked Mr. Fury, and I really wanted you to address this because a lot of people, you know, they say perception is reality, you know, interpretation and everything. Because I definitely interpret it this way, but I want to know firsthand how did you interpret this? One of the first questions I asked Mr. Fury on the show, I said, Fury, you know, I had a lot of guys in the first season. And I said, let's just face it, they're not in your fan club. You know, and he says, well, it's a lonely at the top. <laughs> you know, he's a UC. Currently, he's the UCW champion. And then oh. that guy, Larry, who had a one one promotion, one show. What was it? The Tape Fist Championship? Yeah, the Tape which, Fist Championship. Wasn't even a Tape Fist fight. Shouldn't but anyways, be a, it shouldn't be a top a title to begin replica with. Replica of the NWA oh. belt. Yeah, yeah, you know. And he says he's the top of the wrestling world. And he says he's not. He just says it's lonely at the top because the ones who claim to be their brothers or friends are the first ones to stab you in the back. Of course, and it, you of course it's lonely the at the top. When you're standing on top of a pile of manure, nobody wants to come near you. Wow. It, it, it's just like this. And that's not knocking UCW. That's knocking Mr. Fury. Because when he first made that statement, it was when he got that tape fist championship. It was lonely at the top. You were standing on top of a pile of shit. That tape fist championship number one should never have been the top title of any type of promotion. That's a special attraction title. It's in the name. Tape fist championship. That means you tape your fist and you fight. Half the time you dip them in glass or some other object and you fight. That is not a special. That's a special attraction. That's not a world title. That is not the top title of any promotion. And the guy who came up with that concept is a bumbling idiot. <laughs> Not to necessarily give a knock to the bumbling idiot, but... I love the bumbling idiot. I was a moron fan. The guy was a moron, okay? <laughs> right, and you were a right. champion of a promotion that had one show. That's like being the gold medalist to the Special Olympics. Yeah, you did a great job, but you know what? You're still a retard. I'd have his partner put him over. Uh, I mean, just, just face facts. Yeah, you're the champion of UCW, and I'm not going to sit there and knock you because UCW is doing great. But the thing is, is that you can say it's lonely at the top. You're never at the top. You're still in the same caliber that every other person is in that locker room. Everybody has the opportunity to get where you are. And you know why? 
because there are more people with more talent in the in the cubicle of their middle finger than you have in your entire repertoire. You can get in there with some of the greatest guys, and I know this for a fact, Fury, because I've gotten the ring with you, and we can read each other's thoughts, and we can make a hell of a show. But the thing is, is that you're only as good as the person you're in the ring with. That's right. And as of late, you've been working with the likes of Justin Chambers, Adrian Davis, Michael Saint, or the Russian, or whoever. You've been working with some top caliber, some top talents, and you're only as good as they allow you to be. What happens if you get in the ring with somebody that's not going to allow you to be that top guy? I guess it's only at the bottom of somebody's boot. If you step in the ring with Alexis, somewhere like Draymond or or possibly here or Tacey Walker, or you mean he, you guys, step in the ring with a guy, they're going to make you work for. It. They're going to make you work, you, you know. And, and and quite frankly, I would love, and I'm putting this out there, and I whoever's whoever's in charge of UCW's bookings, make this happen. This is an idea I would love to see, and if you hear this, I would love to see this. It has not been done in the CSR in a long time. And I think it would be something that would be great to see. A true champion should be able to go the distance. Ric Flair went the distance. Ricky Steamboat went the distance. Tully Blanchard, Arn Anderson, Magnum TA, you name them, Dusty Rhodes. I would love to see Christian Fury in a UCW first 60-minute Ironman match. Or just a 60-minute match. Go to 60 Minutes. Go to a draw. Do a Broadway. You know, do a Broadway. Yeah. Show me that you are at the top. Because uh, if mean, you blow up after 10 minutes, you absolutely, in the words of The Rock, you absolutely suck. He was telling one time that he's in wrestling shape. Don't judge a book by his cover. I've seen him get blown up, so I mean, I, <laughs> I mean he spends more time at a tattoo parlor and pizza parlor than he does at Gold's <sighs> Gym. He spends more time at the little cafe right up there by the lake than he does in the gym. Here's the kicker. It, it You say it's lonely at the top. Pal, you're not at the top. You're not the WWE champion. Hell, you're not even TNA world champion. You don't have a ring of honor belt underneath your strap. The only belts you have is the UCW, the AWF, and that stupid tape fist championship. Uh, just my thing is, well, my, my interpretation is he was trying to say, well, it's lonely at the top. I tell you that's okay. You're at the top means everyone else is beneath you, and you're just too good to be, you know. That's his way of making himself feel bigger than life. And in the wrestling business currently, in the state it's in, nobody's bigger than anybody else. Let's just face it. Unless you're on TV and you're making thousands upon thousands of dollars, you have no right to sit there and say you're at the top. Well, let's move on here, man. I mean, he's he said some other rock tour statements about Beer. you know he wants to put some blame on you for the downfall of AWF. And the, yeah, he actually said, you know, if if you want to blame him, he said you can go to hell. You know, I've been there. I've done that. I've got the t-shirt, the pants, the underwear. I even have a skid mark in it from where I shit myself when I witnessed Satan pile drive somebody. And I was scared because I thought somebody had broke their damn neck. Um, But I'm not going to sit here and deny that part of AWS downfall was on my shoulders. I did have moments in time where I walked away from the company. 
And, and it's because that there were moments where AWF got away from its original visions. The original concepts of AWF kind of faded into the background and all of a sudden became the same generic promotion that everybody else was. Following the same scenarios, same match layouts, same people working each other. It looked generic. It felt generic. It wasn't my AWF. And I made that statement. I walked away. And then, you know, everybody has the bug. When it bites you, you go back. I came back. I wanted to make it better. After so time, burnout does hit you. But in 2014, I wasn't burnt out. I was re-energized. AWF had a new look, a new vision, a new direction. We were doing things the right way, and it felt like the old AWF. Because we were doing things that no one else was doing. We was putting on shows that no one else would put on, and we were had we had storylines that nowhere else could see anywhere else. We were pushing new talent. We were making a name. Yes, we were. And then you shut it down. You shut it down. You did that. Not me. Not Mr. Blanchard over here. You shut it down. We wanted to keep going. You shut us down. We want to have a show this day. No, we ain't doing that. I'm taking a winter break. Why? We don't need to take a break. We're hot. We're red hot. We're on fire right now. People are watching us online. People are coming out to the live events. They don't care about what the temperature is. They're out there watching. They're enjoying it. It's entertaining to them now. We've got a whole website. What what TMB is now is what AWF had. AWF TV had multiple shows laid out across the spectrum. People were watching. People were enjoying. You shut it down. Well, I said this before, and I told him this on several occasions. This is a you didn't have to go through the pain and sacrifice that you know me and Christopher has. You know, you trusted and says that if you're gonna let anybody talk you had is busy, you never patched by the first place. I said, friend, you didn't walk in our shoes. You know I lost girlfriends. Yeah. I lost jobs. I gave up money. I gave up a whole lot. You lost a wife my children, and your my children. Wife, my children. My my money, my harder yes. money. I mean, I, my sanity at times. You know, everything I try to do, I, all the sacrifices that I did do, you know, for the company. If you, you know. lost so much, theory. If you if you gave up the things that we gave up, you didn't give up anything. You gained a house. You gained a ring. You gained a fucking roommate. Now, you gained you so much from I'm gonna, this. I'll ask you one question. Now, we lost a lot. He tried to deny. What's really pissed me off. I want to call him out on this. He tried to deny the fact, but the whole situation with the ring. During the shake, you're trying to deny what made us owners. The fact that you're running, you're running the online product. You were in charge of the production. I had the ring. He supplied the profit, which made us owners. He tried to, he tried to go away from that, and then he tried to say that, well, if I wanted the ring back, he wasn't going to stop me. Now we've both heard him sit there and say on several occasions, "My property, my ring." I, I don't want to be vulgar, but you lying son of a bitch. You made that statement that if anybody came to get that ring, that you would not know what you would do if the, somebody tried to come and take that ring. Anytime we tried to go get the ring, why are you going over my head? Why are you going over my head? Again, I say nobody was going over your head. We we're supposed to be equal in this. But apparently, dictators like to be potatoes shaped like dicks and want to take over everything. And that's what you were doing. You tried to take over AWF in the end because 
the ring was on your property, and you know that possession is nine tenths of the law, you made that statement. Several times. Several times. So I don't want to hear you say, I wouldn't stop you if you come and got the ring. No, probably not now because the ring is such disarray that nobody really wants to climb in it. Everybody calls it the death trap. I know I have. So, yeah, of course, come and get the ring. But at the time, you know, you did not know what you would do if somebody would come and get the ring. And let's face facts, you would probably get pissy and you would probably be like, well, we can't be friends he anymore. Told me he, stuff like that. he said he didn't know how, if our friendship would survive. And he also exactly. told me, he also, I, I told him what your wife has said. You're not coming here and getting a ring. You so know? I'm going to go ahead and say right now, I'm coming to get the ring tomorrow. As soon as this episode airs, I'm coming to get the ring tomorrow. But I know I've been attacked verbally by other people. I said, why did you let it go? Let me explain something to you again. You already know this. You know, my father also had a stroke. My mother got collapsed. Life's too short. You know, all that stuff was going on. You know, my final stage of divorce, I was finally, finally getting visitation with my children. And I, I, I had so much on my freaking plate. I it wasn't know. worth the it worry. Was, it wasn't worth it no more. I mean, you, you had so much going on. And from the ashes of AWS demise, birth TMB. And we wouldn't be on here right now if it wasn't for that. So... I mean, a lot came from AWF Surmise, and I guess I owe you a thank you, Mr. Fury, because not only were you part of the flagship program that launched TMB, but you also helped birth TMB higher than what it was by killing AWF, so thank you. Well, let's, let's, let's ask his questions here, you know, yeah, he he put us he put a stake to the heart. Now, my look at it, AWF is on life support. We have it 100% pulled the plug. Now, me and you have been talking about this. I talked it over with Fear, talked it over with Stalker, talked it over with Shadow and Luke, CJ. There are still talks of you guys wanting to bring back AWF. But if we're to bring back AWF, what will it take you and Fear to get in the ring? And once again, you prove, which I've always said, that you're the better wrestler. I mean, you you be good all day long. You know, Fury had some lucky breaks. You know, you had some good breaks at the beginning of your career. I mean, hell, you debuted the indie scene in the United States Championship match at WFJ. <laughs> I did. You know, but what would it take to get you in the ring with him if you'd prove once and for all that Chris Dickens is the better wrestler? Well, I mean. Yes, I'm going on record <laughs> saying that Chris Dickens is a better wrestler. I mean, what, what was that old commercial? What would you do for a Klondike bar? Yeah. I mean, this. What would you do? All it would, all it would take, uh, 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 the the emotional status I'm in at the moment, it wouldn't take much. I mean, I would love to just. I, I'm not in the best shape in the world. Let's just put it like that. I mean, years of abuse and everything. I have sci- I have bad sciatica. Um, I have a lot of injuries. Muscle. Yes, I have a lot of things. I have a lot of ailments that I have to work through. But all those ailments would probably go away in a heartbeat if Mr. Fury was just step in the ring and run his mouth. And I would just come out and I would knock him straight in his teeth, knock his teeth down his throat, down to his asshole so he could chew his own ass out for pissing me off. No, I asked Fury this also. I asked, asked him this question. You know, he said at the beginning he did. I asked him, do you respect Chris Dickens? He says, yes. But he went on his old tantrum, tantrum. About that's you. what it is, a tantrum. It's like a little baby. You take away the lollipop and they start pounding the ground and crying. Now, do you respect Christian Fury? I respect the man. I don't respect the wrestler. I respect what he could do in the ring. I don't respect the attitude. I don't respect the ego. I don't respect the blatant disrespect of telling me to go to hell. I can't respect that either. And I told him he was wrong for saying that. He's just like, if I go to hell, 
I am bringing your fat 12 sandwich eating Twinkie looking sorry ass excuse for a Subway 6 inch ass with me. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> man. That was fun. And if Kareem oh. McAllister has anything oh, to say no. about it, oh, we no. can put an apple in her mouth and shove her back in the oven. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was uh... And if your partner Night Stalker has anything to say about it, well, I call the Winchesters. Hey, I like Stalker. Hey, hey, I like him too, but I call the Winchesters, have them exercise his ass. And I'm not talking about sending the demon back to hell. I'm talking about putting him on an exercise bike and have him pedal till he sweats out to the oldies. <laughs> and then if Deathbringer has anything to say about it, well, all we gotta do is climb him up on a hill and roll him down, and he won't stop because inertia is a motherfucker. <laughs> See where I'm going with this? Yeah. I can keep this going all day long. Oh, I love oh, this. Oh, go ahead. Here you go. I have their program on TMB called Culture Talk. Here's the question: What would you do for a fucking Klondike bar, Deathbringer? <laughs> oh wow! What would Dead Reckoning do? If Chris Dickens was to walk up into the building and just start laying fist into everybody, what would they do if Chris Dickens decided, hey, you know what? I feel like climbing in the ring and whipping some dark ass. I want to hear your responses, guys. Throw it out there. There's your question. There's your question, huh? Actually, let me go ahead and give you this. Oh, goodness. Would the members of Dead Reckoning love to see Christopher Dickens climb back in the ring and beat the shit out of Christian Fury? The answer would be no. But in the world of professional wrestling, in the world of this, everybody would like to see Chris Dickens get in the ring and get his ass whipped. But nobody's expecting to see Chris Dickens get back in the ring and whoop that ass. So, Mr. Fury, I'm going to go ahead and put it out there like this. Keep an eye on your back because I personally, personally am very much pissed off of you telling me to go to hell, of you accusing me of everything that you accuse me of. Well, I want to remind you of this. I got to remind you of this. I'm going to cut you off here, boss. Man, uh, yeah, I'm drinking beer. I just had to remember this. Mm-hmm. He also, one thing what, what, what got on me when he said on podcast, and I correct him every time he keeps trying to say you it. You said gonorrhea? And Fury in the same sentence. My bad. Well, I, was... well, I mean, it's the same thing. <laughs> Both are a disease. <laughs> I said Fury. Was That's how bad. AWF died. AWF died of gonorrhea infection. <laughs> he sat there and said on the podcast, and I corrected him every Sue time. Sue me, Fury, I dare you. <laughs> he, said, he said that he was the only one that would clean up out there he was the only one that had to get the show ready. He would get upset when we we, we would get there, and you would go off we on the camera. And I try to explain had, to him. Go ahead. We had individuals who were under training. The part of the business that everybody preaches when you start in the wrestling business is what? Hey, you do. You got to help set the ring up, set the stuff up. We all did it with WFJ. Set the ring up, set the equipment up. When the show is over, break it down and clean up the area. Because you don't have a freaking ball sack 
podcast. And we know this because a nurse little confrontation. Oh no, a, a little nurse told us that uh, you have uh, what is it? A D size battery, or is it more like a no? A C size battery is giving him too much. Those no, are no, wild. No, no, those are wild. She says the size of a triple A. I would and more or less says what's wrong with it? Well, it's swollen. <laughs> I I would more or less say it's like the size of a battery to a watch. Damn, dude. You know that personally? Uh, uh, well, dude, look, look at the track record. <laughs> Christian Fury doesn't like confrontation. Mr. Fury doesn't like going out there and bossing people around. All of a sudden, he's got a backbone. I'm getting sick of this shit. I'm so tired of being this. I'm tired of being that. Oh, you grew a set of balls. It took long enough for the fucking evolutionary track to get to you. I mean, it, I mean, my balls dropped years ago. It took yours a little bit to finally just kind of. So my favorite thing, though, my favorite thing, though, about Fury, my fact that he doesn't like confrontation. Whenever I'll get you two together, and a couple of you were down there, it's like, hey guys, let's air out our problems. We're talk about our differences. Have a problem. And and I try to. You would say your piece. Alan would say his. Stalker would say his. CJ would say his piece. And come to Jay, he just sitting there saying anything. I'm like, I don't have a problem. I'm like, Jay, you want to say anything? He's like, mm-hmm. he's like this. What are you talking about, Bill? It's already been said. Here's your opportunity to say something. Nothing. Here's your opportunity now. This is it now. Because I know that Mr. Blanchard here is going to get a hold of you one more time, and you're going to have the opportunity to rebuttal yourself. I might. Here is your chance to speak your piece. I think you are the biggest, self-centered, egotistical, maniacal, Two-timing, backstabbing, two-faced, sorry excuse for a professional wrestling fucking partner in a business. I can't trust you as far as I could throw you. And trust me, that's not very far. You killed AWF, not by the means of nobody wanting to be out there anymore, nobody doing their part, or... You being the only one doing everything, yada, yada, yada. Pal, I was in charge of production, so my job is to go out there, film the promos, make sure all the equipment set up, everything, and get it going in the right direction. Hey, Chris, how many times did we come out there several times and went pick trash up out there? We did. How many times did the Wint family go out there and do it? Multiple times. I said, Jay, I says, uh, yeah, me and Chris been out there, the Wint family out there. Oh, I wasn't talking about y'all. But no, you oh, stated it. you just stated you it. You just stated you're the you only one. You made that statement. One. You can't take back what you already said. Here's the deal. You can't put the blame on anybody else. So you, you can't blame yourself. You got to blame other people. You want to sit there and say, well, nobody wanted to help put anything up because you never opened your fucking mouth. You never want to say, hey, guys, can we get this equipment set up? Hey, guys, can we go ahead and start cleaning, straightening things up? Hey, guys, can we do this? No. That was left to Bill. That was left to me. That was left to CJ. And uh, the saddest thing about it, he didn't even have no power at the time. Don did the same thing. You should have grew tried. a set of nuts. I tried. You didn't try anything. They wouldn't do anything. Speaking under your well, breath, speaking under your breath, the only people that could hear you is God and the birds. If you're sitting there, like, I wish they'd just come over here and set up. Sorry, mother excuses. Well, you should have looked and said, hey, assholes, start setting things up. Let's get this going. I didn't have a problem doing it. Hey, no, newbies, get over here and help me set this equipment up. Hey, newbies, get over here and start helping set the ring up. I hey, newbies, you got time. Yeah, exactly. Let's get the shit going. All you have to do is speak. A dog's bark is about as big as its bite. 
Sorry that you ain't got no teeth or no nuts. So you're like a grandma. When, 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 do you remember the time? Do you remember the time? I was on the phone with Jay. He said, "It says he can nobody. He, he nobody's not helping him." Said, "Sure, Minion was on the way." It was the first time Junior was actually made an appearance in the show. Well, three people were there and everything. Guys in the back, whatever. So I put my car. I turned my car. I started yelling and screaming and cussing everybody and get their asses out here and let's get this thing together for the show. Come on, I was cussing everybody out because fear would tell me what nobody would listen to him. You know, or no, no, help put set the show up. You know, nobody respects somebody who's soft spoken. You've got to be an ass in this business. Unfortunately, that is true. it's true. You've got to be an ass. You've got to run a tight ship, and you've got to call it like it right down the middle. You've got to. Okay, my boss, where I work at, you know, I work outside of this at a Cracker Barrel, That's right. and I'm training to, for management. management. My boss told me straight up. Inspect what you expect. If you were putting it out there, then you should expect what you do. Do not sit there and anticipate everybody else doing it. If you do it, they should do it. Work as hard as you expect them to work. So if you're doing double the work, you should look at them and be like, hey, I have no problem doing this. Can you guys get over here and do it too? It's not that difficult. I don't expect anybody to understand what I do at TMB. Okay? You produce you 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 do the shootout, but you don't do the behind the scenes stuff like I do. No, I don't. It's all you Okay. That's all you boss. Now, I expect you to give your hundred percent and be able to produce the show at a certain level. I, try I will not let you produce a subpar show because I have a standard set for TMB. And you've actually canceled certain shows because you said it wasn't up to par, it wasn't up to standards. Yep, exactly. I remember. So the same thing applies to professional wrestling. If you have a certain standard to yourself, what you would do, you need to make sure everybody else is doing it. Instead of sitting there and complaining about it, make some action happen. And that was your problem, Fury. You didn't have action. You were all talk. And no action. What do we go from here now? I'll go into Disney World, goddammit. I want to go and get on a teacup ride and Why enjoy my that? life. Why do that? Just go down to the and you'll see Goofy and Donald. <laughs> <laughs> I almost spit my oh, out. I'm the your CW champion. I'm defending against Chippendale next week. And then I'm going to go over here and find Mickey Mouse. Hey, Mickey, you going to work on the next show? Yeah, Goofy. I'm going to go ahead and butt you over real good. And then Pluto's going to come in and he's going to piss all over your shoes. Hi, I'm Pluto, bitch. Okay, seriously. Beer. I know we're brings drunk. out the worst in me. I know we're here drinking beer and everything, and this bar's for you. We're drinking good old cold beer. We we, we have. I do the Donald Duck We've voice, but a... I would probably put myself in a cheese. <laughs> we're doing a bit session. <laughs> but some things just had to be said. That's he's not. He's not like about. Goofy. He's more like Meatwad off of uh, Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Damn. So I'm the Meatwad. I'm the girl running around here, bit champion. Hmm. Well, actually, Meatwad was cool. Like I, oh, I just insulted Meatwad. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, let's let's try to move forward here. I know we he's Chris Griffin. 35 into this show. He's Chris Griffin. So, 
Oh, I think my wife was calling me. So that would be the wrap up. Oh, yeah, actually, just hung up on it. Let me show you how you get sweet talker female. Hey, baby. Oh, crap. No, I didn't. You ready? You ready to pick you up? All right, I'm on my way. All right, I'll take Chris home and I'll be, uh, I'll take Chris home and be on my way. I'm going to take Chris home and I'll meet you up Cracker, bro. Unless you want me to get you first and then take Chris home. Unless you want me to get you first and then take Chris home. Gotcha. All right. Love you, too. Let that be a first TMB. That's how you treat your producer. You chauffeur your producer home, and then you pick your wife up. (laughs) That's how much this man respects me. Respect him. You don't have respect, Fury. If I'm going to hell, you're going to hell. You can eat shit and die. As a matter of fact, maybe you should put on the chains mask to pleasure your wife because we know you can't do it without it. Wow. Wow. And that's why I'm a Chris Dickens guy. <laughs> it's um, sad when your mask gimmick gets you over more than your actual regular gimmick. Damn. I don't know. I, 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 when people sit there and compare Chains and Fury, it's the same style. See, everybody knows who Chains is and everything. I mean... It's sad to say it's as similar to Wolf Garden. It's two fat men wrestling. It's actually people, you know, I don't know. Who's that Riddick character? I mean, I, people had no idea. Well, he's it's still a mystery. mystery universe. Maybe yeah. we should get him on the show. We could try if I get him to speak English. He speaks English. Uh, a couple words. You just got to get him to stop talking to the voices. True. True. But that being said, ladies and gentlemen, this is Pipe Bomb. This is the wrestling shootout. Oh, if you're Christian so see, Fury, we'll see I- I'm waiting for Christian Fury to give the response <laughs> back. But you know what? I-, I forgot. Maybe you should have Kareem McAllister come on the show and answer for him because she has more brass than he does. Damn. I ain't going there with that one. I, I, Kareem McAllister, she's a she's the a challenge is laid she's, down. She's a different kind of beast. The challenge is laid. I tell you what, I will do. This is this is this, this, this is great. This is good stuff. This is good TV. I tell you what, I will do podcast. This radio. Oh well, this is good podcast. This is good radio. You know, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a phone call to Fury. Make a phone call to you. I'm going to ask you right here, right now. Would you consider to do a sit down podcast shoot with Fury in the same room? You and Fury, one on one in a podcast debate. I mean, how do I answer that? Uh, you know. The words of a great philosopher of our time comes to mind. Yeah, um, if I may quote this philosopher, uh, the great Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh-huh. Oh hell yeah! Oh hell yeah! I look forward to that show. It's gonna happen here, ladies and gentlemen. Live on the shootout, we will have one day Christian Fury one on one with Christopher Dickens in the podcast world. I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. 
Well, that being said, I am your host, if I ever pain, Bill Blanchard. We are brought to you by Touch My Bass Productions right here. The number, the number one podcast in the CSRA. The number one wrestling podcast in the CSRA. And keep this in mind, folks. I've got bigger names coming. I've got Team Money coming. The Professor could be coming back on the show. I've got Wolfgar coming up. Glenn Bell could be showing up. And more, much, much more live on the wrestling Brandon show. Brandon Parker. Oh, yeah. Davis. We're also looking for Mikey Galino. We're getting some names, so keep tuning in. Yeah, I took over just for a minute. Oh, you straight, boss, man. I appreciate you. This is awesome. This is Touch My Bass Production. I'm Survivor P. Bill Blanchard with Christopher Dickens. See you later.